for Lickin' On Lending. Welcome, everybody. Good to have you with us. Welcome to Lickin' On Lending, a weekly mortgage market update providing up-to-the-minute information on interest rates, loan programs, and hot industry news, all related to the mortgage industry. Brought to you by Transformational Mortgage Solutions. To participate in today's program, our guest call in line is 646-716-4972. Now here's your host of Lickin' On Lending, David Lickin'. Let's begin. Welcome, everybody. Good to have you with us. We are back with another podcast. It's Monday, November 13th, 2023. For those of you listening to some of the ones going back and are listening to this out in the future, this podcast is created by mortgage professionals. It is for mortgage professionals. And we're so grateful to have you as our listener. Again, our commitment to bring you timely information in an audio format that you can listen to anywhere. This, again, is getting a lot of downloads. Last week, we had over 6,000 downloads in just one day. It just continues to be growing and growing, and we're grateful to you all for sharing this with us. I want to say a special thank you to our sponsors, Byte Software. It works the way you want to work. It allows you to have a highly configurable LOS architecture, robust process controls, and flexible integration tools. Enjoy an exceptional level of customization with an intuitive interface that doesn't require an army of small fortune to administer. We're all looking for lower costs. You got to check out Byte Software. It really is outstanding. Also, Finastra, the number one fintech company in the world, and they have with their market-leading point-of-sale origination platforms. Outstanding. As well as Total Expert. We love these guys. They have the only purpose-built CRM and customer engagement platform to create growth and loyalty for modern lenders and their financial institutions that also are using the system. Just outstanding system. I love what they're doing. I love the vision. And you just get so much help. We pick each one of our investors. Like Lender Homepage is one of our new sponsors. Lender Homepage is an all-in-one AI-powered platform, provides a seamless front-end solution to mortgage businesses of all sizes. They help you connect better with the borrower, convert more traffic to leads, and close more loans. And it's done through Lender Homepage. Check them out in our sponsorship tab. Also, just Google who they are. Outstanding as well as Angel AI. I was with Pavan this last week. We released the interviews that I did with Pavan. It really gets into what artificial intelligence is. It's getting a lot of plays. In fact, one of the radio stations in the Bay Area picked up on that and will be rebroadcasting that interview we released. So check it out. It's a lot of great information. Whether you're in mortgage or not, share that one. Pavan does a great job of going in-depth into it subject of AI. We've done a lot of podcasts on AI, but that one really is gone viral. It's getting picked up. Our podcast is getting picked up by other terrestrial, as they say, radio stations. So also the Mortgage Bankers Association of America, grateful to them and all that they do for our industry, as well as Lenders One, the Mortgage Collaborative. We'll talk a little bit more about the Mortgage Collaborative, their upcoming conference. And then Knowledge Coop, IE Emergent, Mobility MMI, and Modex. Check out all of our sponsors on our Sponsorship tab. Also, last Wednesday, November 1st, we released the episode with Mark Todd of Byte Software. Again, you can learn more at the Byte Software and its LOS differentiation. Check that one out. This week, we'll be releasing the following podcast on Wednesday, November 15th. John List of True Footage. 
This is interesting because it is a new way of looking at appraisals and how they go about collecting data for appraisals. So check on that. I met John sitting at a lunch and I was so interested in what he had to say about his company, True Footage, and also his story of how he got to where he's at. I just love the next generation that's coming up in our industry and some of the innovative things that they're coming up with and releasing. So Check out True Footage. It's one something that you'll want to pay close attention to. I want to give a shout out to our regulars, Adam DeSantis, L.S. Parker, Matt Graham, David Kittle, Alice Alvey, who's here with us, as well as David Kittle's here live with us, and Alan Pollock. He just dialed in. So we're so grateful for their contributions each and every week. Let's get over to the NBA with the NBA Mortgage Minute. And what does Adam DeSantis have for us today? Adam? <music> Hi, I'm Adam DeSanctis. This is the Mortgage Minute, the latest news from the Mortgage Bankers Association. Last week, FHFA released its anticipated review of the Federal Home Loan Bank System. The report outlined four key themes on the FHLB system, including its mission, liquidity, housing and community development, and operational effectiveness and governance. While there were some positives, NBA overall is disappointed that the report failed to engage in a more meaningful examination of the potential benefits of diversifying the FHLB system through the expansion of membership to other critical providers of mortgage origination, servicing, and investment activities. We believe a more diverse FHLB membership would reinvigorate the system and expand access to credit, lower pricing, and increased choices for consumers, and we have shared this sentiment in comment letters and in discussion with FHFA officials. NBA will remain engaged with FHFA, the FHLBs, and lawmakers on both sides and will continue to advocate for expanding membership to institutions like IMBs and mortgage REITs that are almost exclusively focused on housing finance while also ensuring the safety and soundness of the FHLB system. That's it for this week. Thank you for listening. All right. Thank you, Adam DeSantis. Good report. That's why we love the NBA. They're out there fighting for us and the IMBs. We also celebrate all the regulated institutions that are part of the NBA, they certainly do a great job of fighting for what seems at times the little guys. Some of us are pretty good size in what we do, but there are the smaller ones and they're the IMBs. And so companies of all sizes, MBA is there for you. Be sure to sign up for the Mortgage Action Alliance app when you're in at the MBA site. So anyway, that's good stuff. Alice, David, any thoughts on that? And Alan, any input on what we heard from commentary around that, starting with you, Alice. It was interesting when I read the news link this morning and was thinking about that aspect, I did a lot of work with the federal home loan banks, and I'm still not sure how an IMB would fit in not being a depository, since that's such right. a key part of how the FHLB structure is. And their lending rules were a little more conservative. So if you think of them as another Fannie or Freddie, it would have to be something pretty dramatic where the barrier to entry was lower. And so that's something to really think about. The value that they would bring is if the barrier to entry was a little bit lower, but then the underwriting requirements would be a little tighter. So I, there's a lot to unpack there. and I'm not sure what the right direction is for them in that regard. Yeah. Mr. Kittle, that's a good point. Excellent comment. Uh, David, I would mirror almost exactly what Alice said. I, I don't know how at this point an IMB can join. They're just not set up that way. So you'd have to restructure the whole thing and then they lose their exclusivity. So I just mirror exactly what Alice just said. I think she's spot on. Yep. Spot on. Alan, any comments you want to make real quick on that point? No. And IMBs, 
even if there was a way to make it work, the amount of regulation that they have to go under and the cost of it, it increases. But something else, the CFPB just came down on non-bank lenders as far as digital wallets and payments. So yeah. they're already dealing with enough. I don't think they want to deal with any more. True. No kidding. Good commentary, everyone. Good job, team. Let's get over to Les Parker in this week's TM Spotlight and the macro view of the markets and what music parody does Les Parker have for us today. Here it is. Little pigs, inflation, let Fed end. Not by deflation, China sent, sent, sent. Well, Jay is huffing, he's puffing, he's blowing housing in. Huffing, puffing, closing housing in. Huffing. TM Spotlight Soundbites is brought to you by Power Seller, making hedging easy. China is exporting deflation. Consider China's live hog futures market. Over the last month, it's fallen by 15%. Pork is a significant part of China's CPI. Meanwhile, Jay Powell wants to keep the benefits of high long bond yields to fight inflation. So he sent out Fed board members to say the Fed won't hesitate to raise rates if justified. What stops the Fed's high rates? Recession. Whoa, high rates. I'll be your worst nightmare. So, crash this time. These views are mine. Survive to 25 with TMSpotlight.com. Thank you, Les Parker. He and Gary Cantrabone team up each and every week with a great report. Love to talk about it more, but we're going to move on to some other things. Let's get a word in from our one of our newest sponsors, Kelk. Is the U.S. economy set for disinflation? If so, say goodbye to any additional rate hikes. U.S. Federal Reserve Chair Jerome Powell did not rule out raising rates one more time during his recent press conference. But the prevailing viewpoint is that the economy is set to cool, and several numbers support this fact. First, the U.S. jobs report showed a lower level of job creation at 150,000 for October. Similarly, September non-farm payrolls were recently revised downward. Second, unemployment rose slightly to 3.9%. Remember, this is a slight uptick on an already low unemployment rate, which indicates that we might be getting that soft landing everybody has been talking about for the economy. Finally, wages are dropping too, indicating less money going to employees, so there's less money for them to spend. And so, instead of inflation, we get the opposite, disinflation. And if the economy experiences disinflation, the end of rate hikes is just the beginning. The next step will be rate cuts, which is a double-edged sword for us because mortgages are in such a funny place just now. On one hand, we'll need lower rates to boost the housing market, but on the other hand, we won't get the rate cuts without more bad news for the economy and people's bank accounts. But at this time, it looks like that's what it'll take to get mortgage rates back down to earth. Until next time, stay inspired, stay curious, and stay connected. I'm Dan Muggy, and that's this week's Calc Mortgage Minute. All right, let's get over to Matt Graham, founder CEO of MBS Live. He's here with an update for us. Matt, what do you have for us today, my friend? This is Matt Graham with the MBS Live Market Update. Last week was a bit of a placeholder, a bit of a consolidation after the previous week saw a colossal rally on Wednesday through Friday, culminating in the big jobs report. Coming out of the jobs report, there really wasn't much on the economic calendar, this is referring to last week, that uh, would stand a chance to be remotely as big of a market mover. So we focused on the next best thing. We looked for whatever might be on the calendar that could have an impact. That included largely the treasury auction process. And it was arguably more interesting than normal because it uh, was a refunding auction cycle and that means that uh, once a quarter 
treasury issues new coupons for each of the securities that uh, are on the auction cycle and those see a little bit different bidding and buying statistics relative to the reopening auctions that come out in the subsequent two months uh, this was also the first round of the newly increased auction amounts and it was thought that this could provide some sort of gauge of investor demand for uh, the higher amounts but in my opinion, I think it would have more to do with gauging investor demand for the recent drop in yields, considering 10-year Treasury yields were pretty close to 4% a week before, at the beginning of the previous week, and then you know down at 4.5% for auction week. The three-year and the 10-year auction went fairly well. The 30-year auction on Thursday completely tanked, pushed yields back up. But when we looked back over the course of the week, the entire week's trading range was contained by the previous Friday's trading range. So sometimes in the bond market, you get what's called an inside day, meaning that the highs and the lows of the current day fall inside the highs and the lows of the previous trading day. And that speaks to consolidation, indecision, and uh, perhaps staging for an upcoming move uh, if, if you want to take it you know, a step further. But... In this case, I really think it speaks to consolidation as the next big shoe to drop would be tomorrow's CPI report. And so that brings us to the present week. CPI is the big to do. Comes out tomorrow morning, 8.30 a.m. It's expected to be at 0.3 month over month in terms of the core yet again. And that would bring the uh, year over year core to 4.1%. Actually, that's where it was previously. So it would keep it there. Uh, headline is expected to fall to 3.3 from 3.7 and um, month over month headline is expected to fall to 0.1 versus 0.4 headline inflation includes food and energy prices and there's been some disinflation there in the month of october uh, but market focuses more on the core as far as bond trading levels we're starting the week near the highs of uh, last week we poked just barely higher than that in early trading but are back down below now uh, the tone in the remainder of the week likely to be set primarily by cpi assuming cpi comes in somewhat far from forecast if it's right on the screws it's hard to say what the impact would be then retail sales in the following day on Wednesday morning, also a potential market mover, not quite on par with CPI, but a big swing expected from last month's very high 0.7 gain. Now we're looking for minus 0.3. So that leaves quite a bit of room for the actual result to come in far from forecast and put a little bit of spin on the ball this week as far as trading levels are concerned. Other than that, uh, you know, Fed speakers and the bond market simply trying to feel out uh, whether there's going to be more of a consolidation here around 4.5%, uh, whether we're going to bounce back up toward 5%, or whether we're going to make progress down into the lower 4% range. Neither the Fed nor the average bond trader wants things to move too quickly. And I think we saw some pushback against that notion from the Fed in uh, speeches last week, especially from Powell himself. And that stands to reason, considering we tend to see the Fed sort of push back on whatever direction the market's been moving, if it has been moving faster than the Fed thinks it should. Um, all of these things good for financial stability and predictability and uh, making comments on the level of rates and their implications for the level of accommodation coming from monetary policy. In other words, if it's too big of a moving target, it's uh, harder for the Fed to do its job. 
And the Fed also concludes that the market can do a better job of pricing to perfection if uh, things aren't moving quite so quickly. That could mean that the Fed remains a little bit more hawkish the closer we are to 4.5%, but uh, ultimately it will continue to be driven by data. So if CPI were to come in close to 0%, which would be a very big miss, then we would certainly expect 4.5% to get crushed fairly quickly and for rates to move lower and for the Fed to be okay with it. Conversely, if CPI were to come in at 0.4, 0.5.6, now rates are very likely spiking back up toward 5%, not necessarily in a day, but it, that data would go a long way toward uh, pushing us in that direction. That's going to do it for this week. Back to you. Thanks, Matt. Appreciate it very much. Again, check out Matt's mbslive.net. You can sign up for it and get the latest updates, nanosecond updates with what's going on in the market, real time, real good stuff. Got it on behind me at all times. Kittle is always giving me a bad time when you do a Zoom call and he sees my MBS screen behind me. So anyway, it does look cool, but more importantly, it's got some great, very critical information there. You can sign up using the LOL for Lick It On Lending podcast on the uh, sign-up screen. It'll give you an extended period without a credit card, but just go ahead and sign up for it. It's that good a system. More and more people are doing it. And I hear it from our listeners saying, look, it, thank you so much. Didn't know it existed. And now we do. And we're signed up. We love it. Mr. Kittle, I know you got some thoughts on interest rates and the Fed. We were talking before we went live. I'd love to have you share with our audience your thoughts on this and also commentary of other industry leaders that are out there. Opining to what's going on. Yeah. Good morning, David. It's good to be back on here with you. Here we are into the Biden presidency coming into his last year. In 2021, Fed Chairman Powell and the Federal Reserve, they were a quarter to a quarter and a half late pulling the trigger on raising rates because of the policies put in place that were inflationary. So he had to raise past where he should have. We're probably 150 basis points higher than we could have been had he done it at the right time, hindsight being 2020. But there was a lot of call at the end of last week from industry leaders uh, all over social media that because of Powell's comments that he may need to raise one more time for him to resign, we need to get rid of him and, and make a wholesale change. So I'll argue from this point today that when you're sick, which we still have high inflation, it may be moderating some, but it's still way too high. The Fed says that. The reports say that. that if we begin to lower rates, we'll fuel it again. And if this industry does nothing over the last 30 plus years, it wants everything right now for right now. And if we want to get rid of this and heal it, not just make us feel better for a while, we need to keep higher rates in place. And that is a bitter pill to swallow. <laughs> it's policy of the administration and the Fed's fault that we're this high because they didn't react quick enough. But if we go the other way too soon, too fast, then we're going to be right back in the same boat again. And yeah. so I hate the word conundrum, but that's exactly where the Fed is. They are. And uh, I'm for one that says we need to leave rates in place a little longer. I was going to interject. To yeah, I was going to say, anytime anyone's saying we need to keep rates higher for a while, I'm going to say, by the way, Kittle's views do not necessarily represent the views of others on this program. But anyway, I'm jokingly on saying, chuckling with that, because a lot of people are just begging for some relief to the pain and these interest rates of what they've done. With the inflation that's there is a policy, as you and I said, it's a government policy induced inflation. So it's not actually because we've had such a robust economy and everything, but there's a lot of opinions on that, but it's good to get your comment on that. David Stevens was out again, commenting, and both of us have a lot of respect for David for what he's done and many things that he's done. Don't always agree with him, 
but it's okay to have contrasting opinions. And I know you have to have one as well. So if you'd summarize what David said a little bit, and then we'll probably get him on the podcast here again soon. I like him. He's very articulate and I would love to have him back on, but your thoughts. on some of the Well, I mean, I, I, I was actually just pointing out, I believe it was Dave that said that. Of course, I have great respect for David. He's a very smart man. And I just disagree with his getting rid of Powell today to put who in. Yeah, and that's uh, and what, what I was trying to get you to say was talk. And so listeners, what he was out there saying, we need to get rid of Powell now. And Powell's the problem is what basically what I understood from several people. I haven't actually had a chance to read it because I had such a busy week, but it came out Friday, I believe is when he posted this and it's, we need to get rid of Powell. Now he was also dissing Biden, which is really surprising because he's a staunch Democrat himself, probably voted for Biden. And for certain he did and him hundred percent certainly did not vote for Trump. But it is one of those things where right now it is a bit of a conundrum. And you said it, summed it up real well. It is a conundrum right now. And Powell has made some mistakes, but dropping rates too quickly at this time is not one. And so it doesn't look like that's what's going to happen. The whole thing is if you're, okay, you get rid of him, you replace him with somebody to do what? Change interest rates or change this, the direction of where it's going, which is back to my initial point. That's great short term. But if you cut 25 basis points, that's not enough. You've got to cut more than that to get where people want to be. And I've said it a hundred times on this program, elections have and had consequences and we're where we are today because of policy, period. period 2008 meltdown was a credit crisis. This is a policy. It's self-inflicted. And yep. you just got to be careful to overreact the other way because it's going to be some short-term gain for longer-term pain. We'll have to get Les Parker on here. I've got some questions for Les Parker as we continue on. Maybe we'll get him back on here for some commentary next week because I'm looking at what's going on in the Middle East, the instability that we have. Is that going to put some downward pressure? Now, Les is very staunch on, and you heard him, along with Doug Duncan and Adam Quinones and Matt Graham. We were all on a podcast here a little over a week or so ago and a couple of weeks now, and it is getting wildly downloaded. Still, because of the forward-thinking statements that both Les, Doug, and Adam, and Matt said and predicting of rates. And so Les is still in the camp. Alice wrote it down. I always love that. I write down what Les says because he's right more times than not. And it certainly looked like it was last week. And then again, towards the end of last week, we saw rates start climbing. Matt gave us more insights into it. And we're going to probably see our rates going up. So, Dave, your wish may be true that things aren't going to be dropping too soon on this. So not that that is wildly shared by all the mortgage loan originators out there because we're desperate for some volume to come into the shop. Final word on that, Mr. Kittle. I'll get some thoughts from uh, Alice and Alan. No, it's uh, probably not a popular view, but it's uh, after of course not. 45 plus years in the business. It's a longer term view. I hate it. Yeah. But I don't, like I said, you look back, we're here because of bad decisions 18 months ago. Yeah, are we just going to put a Band-Aid over the cancer? Yeah, and exactly right. Are we putting a Band-Aid over the cancer, as you were saying earlier, or are we going to cure it? Are we going to just endure the chemotherapy, which is unpleasant and difficult and sets up other things, but are we going to endure that just to hopefully fix the problem and then what's on the other side of it? So very interesting. Alice, your thoughts on all of this? I agree with Dave Kittle because I think that we need to let this play out a little bit, I think is really my viewpoint. And I wanted to point out Matt Graham actually was describing the volatility in the market in decimal points because he went on to go, and I liked his term I wrote down, right on the screw. If CPI comes out right yes. on the screw at 33 
we don't know what's going to happen, but he gave some insight into if you're as little as 3.2 or 3.1, this things could go in this direction. If you're at 3.4, 3.5, things go in another direction. And it takes that little bit of a move in the numbers mm-hmm. to cause uncertainty, more uncertainty, more fluctuation in the market. And because of that, we need to see that play out a little bit more. Great point. Good points. Alan, thoughts? Yeah, I really don't have thoughts, David. I've been you have thoughts, but not on this. I was going to say, you have a lot of thoughts, but just not on this topic. As much as- yeah, if you want to sit down, come have a seat. No, I think that regardless, this is our forecast, our thoughts, our comments. But the reality is that lenders are still closing loans. The volume's down, inventory's down, but there's more education needed. There's more, and I say this every time you ask me a similar question. I, I specifically have spoken to LOs recently who are doing still a large amount of loans because they're teaching the borrowers that they can afford the home. Maybe it's not about a seller concession. Maybe it's about buying down and, and or, or I'm sorry, the other way around rather, not putting as much money down and realizing MI or DPA programs are out there. And it's, yeah. we have a workforce out there. Technology is not replacing people. And the market is, we're going to have ups and downs all the time. And yes, we're in a down, but we should be positive and we should be looking at the ways to, to help educate and to continue to do business. Yeah. You Ray, you bring up the topic of DPA down payment assistance programs. There are so many of them I'm researching that because our oldest daughter just had a baby and she and her husband are looking for a home. And I was sharing with them about the down payment assistance and people hear that. And sometimes they think that's just for the lowest income people that there's a lot of down payment assistance programs for those that are doing pretty well financially that's that right. are first time home buyers. And so uh, not every time you I mean, it's one of those things where people need to look at DPAs down payment assistance programs. Great point, Alan. Appreciate you bringing that up. Mr. Kittle, I want to come back to you and talk to you briefly about TMC mortgage collaborative stuff. You've got an upcoming conference in March. You've been busily getting some things ready for it. A lot of initiatives you have going on at TMC that you guys are putting in place that are very exciting. You want to share a couple of those with us, one of which has to do with the consulting group, which I get to be a part of. Melissa and I talked about that on Friday. But you got some really exciting stuff going on at TMC, friend. And then you got the fall winter conference, I guess, the one in March. No, it's spring. Spring. Oh, it's spring. Oh, Oh, you consider. Okay, so it's, Alice, I'm not sure if the spring is found in March. In, the, in Ohio. the first day oh, of that, spring. Oh, that's still winter. That's still winter, dude. I'm sorry, man, but the first day of spring is March 21st. Okay. Okay. So you can go ahead. That the snow on the ground would be suggest otherwise. Yeah. That's- <laughs> yeah. So we got our conference here. So We're your have spring it here. conferences. Okay. Your, it is your spring conference. Right. Our spring conference is here in Louisville for the first time. And it's going to be the 20. 20- third through the 26th, I think, if I got the dates right. And uh, we're really looking forward to that. And I was actually Buffalo Trace Distillery early this morning in Frankfurt putting together. We haven't announced it yet, but we're going to have a really nice bourbon trail tour for some people who get in early and a uh, bus tour during the day. We're really looking forward to that. Thank but to you. your point, we're going to be launching Sometime in 2024, our own internal consulting group. We're going to be a part of that. And another great initiative by Melissa Langdale and our, and our senior team to take care and help assist our members inside TMC. So that's a, that's a, that's a really exciting initiative that we're getting ready to, uh, to add. And tomorrow on social media, we'll be uh, announcing new addition to our board of directors. Can't do that yet, but it'll be out on social media. And we're also announcing an advisory council 
some very big names in our industry are going to be on an advisory group to our management board. And uh, so look for that announcement tomorrow on social media. Very good. Look forward to that very much. Thank you, Mr. Kittle. Appreciate you being here as always. You're welcome. Get- good talking. I appreciate you, friend. You are a good friend, too. Alice Alvey, another dear friend, is here, as Vice President of Partner Education. Love that word partner in her title, because that's how they treat everyone that works at the company as partners. Great, great concept that Bill came up with. Alice commented on that earlier, but she's Partner Education and Training for Union Home Mortgage with here with a legislative update. Alice, good getting your commentary earlier. Good to see you on here again with us today. What you have for us? Hi, Dave. Hi, everybody. A couple of things. First up, Freddie Mac issued a bulletin that I thought was interesting. It doesn't apply to many of our listeners because it relates to the multifamily side. But for their affordable housing and senior housing loan programs, they have said they've published a memo and effective immediately. So this means affecting loans in the pipeline. And again, this is multifamily. So your five units or larger uh, type programs that they will no longer accept documents directly from a broker, that the documents have to go from the borrower to the lender. This is an effective immediately. So something's gone on as Mm -hmm. I look at something like this, that they say, even your loans in process, go back and recertify that everything in there is accurate because we don't want them to be any part of the document process. So that was interesting. And I think just something that I wanted to make listeners aware of that there are times changing in multifamily. And then the other point I wanted to bring up was as this week, we talk about would there possibly be shut down. The MBA did publish a guide on this. And so for those of you who've lived this a few times before you dust off, what did we do last time? What we go by is does that agency have appropriations in existence already? And then what do they have in writing that's a contingency plan? So the MBA's summary is a good one. I can make it into bullet points for everybody here and just simply say, for the most part, FHA is up and running. Uh, You have FHA connections, so that'll work fine. VA will be short-staffed, but things will be slow. And USDA probably won't function. So their last plan that they had is they will cease doing business. Now, for those of you who are able to issue your own underwriting approvals, and that just means your guarantee process will be slowed down. And then the thing to keep in mind is the flood insurance program needs renewal on by the 17th, so also by this week. Ginny May has appropriations, so they'll be up and running. And of course, this doesn't affect Fannie and Freddie. Just a quick update for everybody as we watch to see if the government will get some kind of lifeline at the end of the week. Back to you, Dave. Alice, thank you so much for your update. Appreciate it. Good to have you here each and every week with your valuable information. Check out all of Alice's updates on our website. Like you can with each one of our segments, you can go to the website and you can binge on Alice or an Alan or David or any of the commentary that we have going on. It allows you to get a consolidated list of what has been said week to week by each individual. Alice, thank you again for your contribution. Alan Pollock is here with us, Chief Operating Officer of Candid Inc. Candid is another CRM out there. The Garrett, Garrett Locklear is looking forward to hearing what you have for us this week, Alan, with the tech update. Hey, David. Thank you for the great introduction. So, you know, all this AI and people saying AI won't replace our jobs or Elon Musk has scared everyone saying that the AI is coming for you. 
one gentleman did find his fate with AI. Unfortunately, a South Korean man was crushed to death by a robot that mistook him for a box. Here's the detail. It was a mechanical arm in a factory that lifts boxes of bell peppers when it misidentified the man as either a box or a bell pepper. I don't know, David, but the AI made a mistake. And it did, it did push his upper body into a conveyor belt and crushed him. He did die oh. in the hospital, unfortunately. So AI is not perfect. We've got all this great AI going on in the industry. Just remember, people matter. So I was going to say, you hear stories like that, and certainly that is different than what was probably talked about, thought about when you're talking about AI is going to be our the end of our society as we've known it. That is just another aspect of it. But it's like that comes yeah, along with I, autonomous, autonomous driving cars. You get a little to the point, like if we start trusting this too much, stay alert is the most important part of when you're working with any of yeah, this. Yeah. Now I'm just a simple non-scientific, I definitely can't build a, a stealth bomber, but I can tell you this, the simple fix would be to wear some kind of little RFID beacon or something that God forbid mm -hmm. the machine messes up again. It, it identifies that you're not a bell pepper. We'll definitely see changes, but humans and AI and machines interacting together have, still have a long way to go. Yep. All right, yep. let's talk about mortgage industry stuff. Rob Crisman said something in his, I think it was either Saturday or it was today, but I, I wanted to make sure I gave the credit because he, I, I read his stuff all the time. He just does such a good job. But he yes. says, he made this comment, really interesting. It says, you should know that caffeine increases the power of aspirin and other painkillers, which is why it is found in some medicines. And then he says, you should also know the 50-50-90 rule, which definitely applies to me, meaning Rob. Anytime you have a 50-50 chance of getting something right, there is a 90% probability you'll get it wrong. So as we continue to think we know everything and we don't want to work with advisors and we don't want to hire consultants and such, just remember the 50-50-90 rule and that 90% of the time we can get it wrong, which is really interesting. That is interesting. All right. Yep. So, David, let's talk. Unfortunately, uh, Mr. Cooper had a cybersecurity incident started on Halloween. It did. They, they made a short guess, which is what you should do, which is to shut their systems down. And they did stop any further attack of what was going on. There's no full detailed information as to what actually happened. But as of November 6th, they announced that you now, they now can take payments from borrowers and provide limited information regarding a loan on its website, just because they're being very careful about their systems. However, there was a data breach of PII data, and that is still, that is what is under investigation. So you will see clearly, actually, number one, Mr. Cooper, Moody's has, has lowered their credit quality rating, apparently. Um, but separately, Mr. Cooper will reach out. So if you have questions from any borrowers that you may have service with Mr. Cooper, or you work directly with them, they're still working on it and they will be reaching out to those individuals. And we talk about data security all the time, David. It, anybody, any lender, any bank, any credit unit is susceptible to this. It is something we have to be very careful of. And even, David, in the wake of AI and to our listeners, what I've recently seen, there are tools out there. And there is one specifically in lending that is starting to look at ways to identify when interesting habits or deviations from a habit is found in certain data and information. I don't know, for those folks that have heard, you can deep fake a voice very, you can deep fake your own voice very easily. So you'd be very careful 
think about all of the hackers that are in Gmail accounts today and up Microsoft accounts, and those accounts have not been set to multi-factor authentication, which just quick PSA, if, if you don't have MFA turned on and you want to, doesn't mean it's, it's perfect, but it's better than not having it. But anyways, the point is that these people are tracking your email boxes, and then they can deep fake and pretend that they're calling you from the title agency or from the attorney with other information from your email and stating that you made to make that payment. And here's the wire information. So be very careful of that. In addition, David, let's move on to a brand new topic. That was Mr. Cooper. Housing Wire has an article. It was written in collaboration with Lender Logics. That's L-O-G-I-X. And it's called Why Your LOS Isn't Delivering a Bespoke Borrower Experience and What to Do About It. And they came right out in the beginning of the article and they said, hey, the LOS isn't the problem. Their technology is doing exactly what it was designed to do. But the root of every lender's dissatisfaction with their LOS is an unrealistic expectation versus limitations of the LOS itself. And they really focus on this article. It's not that large, so Google it. and You may already have it. Really focus on talking to borrowers, resetting the next digital experience expectations, all on the point of sale. It didn't talk about automation and LOS systems. That, that's not what LenderLogix is looking to do. But if you want to read, it, it is an interesting article. Please go check it out. Just Google yeah. Housing Wire LenderLogix. Next topic, David. This I, I found really interesting. We've talked about AR, which is augmented reality. And mm-hmm. imagine wearing a pair of glasses and walking into a furniture store. And it automatically, it's on their Wi-Fi. It automatically tells you what everything costs as you're looking. And you could even have a picture of your house. And when you look at something, you blink your right eye and it automatically sticks it in your house and you can see it, right? The, the tech that's going to come is, is just wild. But CoreLogic just released, get this, Thursday of last week, it's called Scan to Sketch. It's an augmented reality-based property measuring and sketching tool to create home appraisal reports. And it's developed using their appraisal software brand, Holomode, and it's been used already, already over 20,000 properties. And uh, so far, it's been featured in over 12,000 appraisal reports. So onward and upward for them. And then finally, David, in the world of pricing engines, P&E, you know that I I was the co-founder of Nylex New York Loan Exchange, and and I know all about pricing engines, and I've managed multiple over the years. Man, the, the tech is so antiquated. And it it has to run millions of loops. There are new vendors coming out on the LOS side too. But anyways, Poly is one of those new vendors. Uh, And there's Mm -hmm. some interesting people on the board of Poly, which I won't mention right now, but some folks that have been around our industry for a very long time, wink. But anyways, Poly, they've just uh, integrated with Meridian Link. And for those of you that know Meridian Link has their own PP&E engine, but they're open to integrating with others, knowing that lenders can't use everything that you have. They, They have certain relationships and certain reasons to use different vendors. And so Meridian Link, it looks like they've opened up the gates and said, hey, you can come play in our playground too. That's it for this week, David. If you're interested in learning more about AI, there's so much going on, go listen to the podcast David did with Pavan. Yeah, it's probably such, I haven't heard it myself, so I can't wait to go listen to it. But knowing that this gentleman Pavan has done so many interesting things and has been in lending his whole life, it's, it's a good AI perspective on the mortgage industry. And if you have any questions, you can reach out to David or I. That's Alan, A-L-L-E-N, at tms-advisors.com. Yeah, good job, Alan. Appreciate it very much for being here. Great report. Yeah, AI is seemingly taking over the world. And I feel bad about this. Condolences to the family of the guy who's 
got identif wrongly identified and crushed. That's just tragic. But there are some good things that are coming out of it, far more good. And so we need to just keep our mind, hearts and minds open to it. But it's looking for it, looking at it. What's really interesting about that interview that we did with Doug Duncan and who was when he was at MBA, talked about AI and talked about the biggest problem is data. And he made a comment along with Adam Kinyonis said, made the comment that unless you have been working with this and the data for many years, like I think they said 10 years, if I recall correctly, it's, you're just going to be, it's, you just cannot rely on it to the degree that you have. In the case of Pavan, he's been working with this for 20 years. So it's his insights into this are pretty profound. So I look forward to get your feedback after you've had a chance to listen to that podcast we released last week. It was really good. I enjoyed it. Even I'm saying that, that I, I, I listened to it and I'm going, dang, that was a good interview. Great information. That's a privilege we, you, Alan, you and I have working on this podcast. We get to research and share stuff. That's so exciting. Alan, thanks for being here, friend. Have a great rest of your week. All right, everybody, that wraps up the podcast for this week. Again, we are so grateful to have Adam, Les, Matt, Dave, Alice, Alan, and Mark, who's not here with us today, a part of the podcast. So grateful to have you here. Special thank you goes out to our sponsors, Byte Software, Finastra, Total Expert, Lender Homepage, one of our new sponsors, as well as Angel AI, another one of our new sponsors, the Mortgage Bankers Association of America, Lenders One, the Mortgage Collaborative, Knowledge Coop, iEmergent, Mobility, MMI, Modex. And we're so grateful to have you as our listener. Check them all out on our advertising page. Have a great week, everybody. And look forward to having you back here next week. You've been listening to Lickin' on Lending, a weekly mortgage market update with your host, David Lickin of Transformational Mortgage Solutions. Join us next week, and thanks for listening.